Hello, everybody. Episode 83 of the PA Turnpod welcomes you, as do myself and Joel, on this uh, this sad day, this bittersweet yeah. day in Philadelphia and the New Jersey area as the Phillies have fallen to a 3-2 deficit in the World Series at the hands of the Houston Astros. Uh, I'm Rob, joined as always by Joel. How are you this morning or this afternoon? Yeah, it's like that morning, afternoon. It's a forgetful couple uh, last days here. Uh, kind of sort of optimistic for Wheeler, but last time Wheeler was out there, it was, wasn't the Wheeler that we're accustomed to, so kind of iffy. But other than that, I'm all right. How about you? It's been a uh, it's been a weird week. Um, the Eagles are eight zero for the first time in their team's history. Um, forgotten in all of this are the uh, the Sixers, who just lost James Harden for a month, and Philadelphia Union are going to be playing for the MLS Cup tomorrow. But all eyes are on the World Series, of course. Now we yeah. have not spoken to the uh, the fine listeners since the World Series began. Uh, we made our predictions to an extent kind of spoke about it, uh, previewed it a little bit. Um, it got off to a weird start. Uh, you want to do game five first? You want to work backwards or you want to just go from the beginning and uh, kind of cover it up until game five? Yeah, let's do that because uh, we were thinking we probably wouldn't, wouldn't be talking about the World Series the next time we you know, record. And then sure enough, postpone uh, rain delay and then obviously – Phillies couldn't get it done at home, so now we're at Game Six in Houston. So, uh, Game One, Rob, probably other than Game Three, was probably the best showing for the Phillies. Yeah, this was uh, by and large the best game of the series in terms of entertainment for, I guess, like the neutral fan. Um, Astros go five nothing. Uh, Aaron Nola, uh, for the most part, bad. Um, I'll give him credit in a moment, but Game One, they go down five nothing. Two home runs from Kyle Tucker, who's a guy that, you know, he figured might be one of the guys that could feast on the uh, the Phillies pitching in this series. Left-handed power back that hits the ball low. And, you know, in two relatively hitter-friendly ballparks could probably do some damage. Um, you know, handful of RBIs for, you know, random guys in the lineup. Um, or a handful of hits, I'm sorry. Uh, Maldonado had one. Tucker actually had four of the five runs batted in. Maldonado had the other one. I think that was on the hit and run to the right side of the infield. Um, Altuve got a hit. Payne got a hit. Bregman was good. Tucker had three. Gurriel was good. Almost the entire lineup got hits. And uh, Justin Verlander, <clears throat> as his reputation would suggest, was very bad in game one. He was he was good early. I think he went through the lineup once without giving up a base runner. Yeah. And then, you know, six hits, five runs all earned, only five strikeouts to two walks and five innings. Uh, Brian Abreu came in and kind of cleaned things up. Hector Neris faced one batter. It was Castellanos. Threw him five pitches out of the strike zone and struck him out. Uh, Rafael Montero, who's been really good all year. Ryan Presley, Luis Garcia, and then Ryan Stanek were the other uh, pitchers of note for the, um, the Astros. The Phillies' offense early on was pretty quiet. They wound up, I think, having more hits than the Astros, though. Um, you got a couple big ones. You know, uh, Castellanos did a little dunk in the left field, got the, got the Phillies on the board. Boehm hit a double. Yeah. Romuto hit a double that tied it. And then uh, finally in the 10th, Romuto hit a big home run to the opposite field that would have only been going, I believe, two ballparks. And it uh, just got over the wall. Similar distance and similar height to the uh, the ball Aaron Judge hit in Houston last week, uh, coincidentally. So, you know, Twitter exploded. Defense <laughs> didn't really let the Phillies down. Um, 
and they, they stayed for the most part away from the long ball, two home runs by Tucker, but you know, the Alvarez's and the Bregman's of the world didn't really hurt you in that game. Nola was bad. He pitched into the fifth inning, only got um, 13 outs. He gave up five earned on six hits. Uh, Jose Alvarado came in, got you three outs. Zach Eflin went an inning in the third. Ranger Suarez, in a, a somewhat surprising fashion, came out of the bullpen, got you two outs. I believe he got um, he may have gotten Alvarez out, and then uh, they yeah. went to Dem- they went to Dominguez in the in the eighth and the ninth, and then Robertson finished it in the tenth. Uh, quite the quite the experience. Uh, the other notable moment in the entire game was um, Aledmus Diaz trying to lead into two straight pitches. Swinging at a 3-0 yeah. pitch that was below the strike zone and then um, eventually getting out. So that was quite the embarrassment for the Astros. But all in all, a positive experience for the Phillies fans outside of the fact that they were getting no hit through a couple innings. Yeah. I mean, they did shut down that offense after giving up the five the five runs, which is pretty good. And also to note, after the game, it was, it was uh, found out that Maldonado was using an illegal bat now baseball oh, is right. weird with their with their rules, but he was using Albert Pujols' bat that only Albert Pujols can use. No other baseball player current on the current any yeah. current roster can use except for Pujols, which is kind of weird. But the fact that Maldonado went didn't know the rule and just tried to use it was like, oh, here we go. They're cheating. So, They're just openly cheating. So to give you a little bit of background on that, in the mid two thousands, like two thousand, the early two thousands, a lot of players using ash as the mm-hmm. main uh, wood. Then Barry Bonds hit a million home runs with a maple bat. Really, he, he used a, a sand bat, uh, the company, and a lot more players started using um, sand bats, and they started using maple bats in general. Over time, the barrels on those bats became a little bit larger and a little bit longer. And if you, I don't know if you remember, but uh, in the early twenty tens, like late, like oh seven to ten ish. There were a lot of broken bats, and yeah. uh, this was what they thought was a result of like a top-heavy bat, meaning the barrel was a little bit heavier than the um, the knob, which is generally what will happen anyway. Most bats are, are relatively balanced, but for the most part, the end of the bat is a little bit you know wider than the, uh, the knob, obviously. Mm-hmm. So uh, MLB came up with this new specification for what bats could be legal. It's not like he was using like a corked bat, and who else was allowed to use that, although he was probably using steroids this season. Um <laughs> I do have theories that Pujols stopped getting drug tested in July, and uh, so did Judge, and that's how the second half was so great. But um, the type of bat that Pujols was using, uh, any player that played up until 2010, like was in the league at that point, was grandfathered into this rule, and anybody after the fact had to start you know, abiding by a different rule, and Maldonado didn't make his debut until 2011 with, I think, the Brewers. Um, so the bat, like, by nature, really wasn't like cheating, but he did have an illegal bat, and they really just swept it under the rug. Yeah. It was just the perception of, oh, my goodness. Here come the Astros. Yeah. All of the a Astros, sudden. Yeah. Game one, you got Diaz trying to get hit by a pitch on purpose. Then you have Maldonado using a fake bat. And then Valdez using what seemed like a sticky substance in game two. Um, like, which I guess we'll get no to. one call that? Like, yeah. we're watching it, and so, it's the, obvious he's doing something. The reason... The reason I think nobody said anything, mm-hmm. there, there's a chance. So I saw, so game three, I hate to jump around a little bit. When uh, when Harper went to Bohm and um, and whispered in his ear, Eduardo mm-hmm. Perez, who does games for ESPN, um, had a hypothesis, had a theory that um, that Harper didn't actually say anything to Alec Bohm, and he was just um, trying to get into the head of Lance McCullers and trying to get into the head of the Astros. And he thinks that 
potentially game two, Valdez didn't really have anything on his hand. He was just, you know, doing that for gamesmanship, getting the Phillies heads. However, I, I, it looked clear as day to me that he had something on his hand. And, and for him to, the idea that he was wiping off sweat is probably inaccurate because sweat doesn't, you know, stick your hand to your jersey when you're wiping it off. And it was on exactly. his non, some other people said it was on his non throwing hand, which is where you would normally have the substance anyway. If you're going to your glove, you're grabbing it from that left hair, from, in his case, the right hand and, you know, putting it on your left. But I don't think it really mattered. Um, my, my theory is that the Phillies are also using stuff too. So if they call out Valdez for using something, that Dusty can turn around, do the same thing with the Phillies, and then Wheeler's out of the game too. So, um, which in that game wouldn't have been a big deal. But I think that at this point, they're just allowing it again. Uh, almost like not not like legally within the rules, but I think teams are not saying anything because of the fact that they also have guys on their staff that are using something to gain an advantage. So you look at Eflin and Robertson's hats on Friday night, they were both dirty and dark. There's no way they, you know, those hats are dirty. They're new. So yeah, they might, they're probably using something as well. I don't know, man. It's just baseball is weird with these it's yeah. cheating, but not cheating, but you, I'm not going to say it, but we all know in the room it's a game within yeah. the game. It's just eh. well, game two, game two, a home run from uh, Alex Bregman, who I think now is like among the leaders in home runs in World Series history. Uh, three hits from Altuve. So in the first inning, I think it was I think maybe with three pitches in, the Astros had three doubles and two runs off of yeah. Wheeler. Um, Altuve doubled over Bohm's head, then um, Pena put one in the gap, and then Alvarez hit the wall. And all of a sudden, you're like, wow. This game feels a lot different from the first one. And Framber Valdez, I mean, whether or not he was using something, I don't really care. Yeah, Phillies didn't really score off him, and they didn't do anything anyway. He went six and a third. One run, it was earned. Nine punch outs, 104 pitches, which is kind of crazy in the World Series in this era to actually go Yikes. that deep into a game and throw that many pitches. Um, Rafael Montero got him five outs out of the bullpen, and Ryan Presley um, got the final three in the ninth. Phillies were uh, not so great. Top of the order each had... A hit um, between one and seven in the lineup. Everybody had a hit except Bryce Harper, who also struck out. Um, they used Nick Maton to pinch hit for Matt Veerling, who started against a lefty. And then uh, Bryson stopped pinch hit for Mundo Sosa, struck out, but still put up a fight. I'm sorry, worked a walk. Um, Wheeler took the loss. He went five. Bilotti came in, Brogdon in hand, each kind of. Filled in the gaps at the end. The bullpen in this World Series has been fantastic for both teams. Um, outside of, obviously, Presley gave up the uh, the home run to Real Muto in game one. But aside from that, both bullpens have been very, very good. But the series was tied 1-1. Do you remember kind of how you felt after that game? I felt like a bad feeling in my stomach. Because I thought, for sure, if we can still game one, we can probably go home 2 nothing. Because, to me, Wheeler is... Just a slight notch better than Nola in more consistency lately. So I'm thinking, all right, we got away with Nola not looking great, and we got us and we stole a win. Wheeler will definitely be on point. Let's grab game two, and maybe Syndergaard or Ranger can get three. But uh, it was like whatever at this point as well. I mean, we got out of there. We did what we had to do. Still one out of two, and now we got to take uh, care of business at home. Yeah. Uh, game three was postponed from Monday to Tuesday, which actually helped the Phillies to get their uh, their pitching in line. Houston likely would have gone McCullers game three no matter what, and then uh, Javier game four, and then uh, Verlander game five no, no matter what. So nothing yeah. really changed for them. 
But the Phillies, because Ranger Suarez pitched out of the bullpen on Friday, were planning to move him back to game four, which would have been um, Tuesday prior to the uh, postponement. Noah Syndergaard, who wound up going game five, was going to go. Um, he went game. Uh, he was going to go game three. He moved to game five. Um, so Suarez was actually moved up a game to pitch on um, to pitch on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's very nice and confusing for everybody. Um, <laughs> five home runs by the Phils. Uh, Bryce Harper in the bottom of the first hit a two-run shot and got him on the board. Alec Bohm led off the second. Brandon Marsh homered a couple batters later. And then Schwarber and Hoskins went back-to-back in the fifth. Now, Phillies only had seven hits. Five of them were home runs. So five hit, uh, seven hits, um, five were extra bases. Marsh had the other hit, and then um, Castellanos had a, um, a hit as well. I think that was probably a bloop or something. And that might have been one up the middle. Um, Suarez was fantastic. He went five. He got four strikeouts through 76 pitches, only gave up three hits, no runs. And then the biggest win of the night, I thought, for the Phillies outside of winning the game, mm. is listen to the pitchers they used after him. So Suarez goes five. You get three outs from Brogdon, three outs from Kyle Gibson, three from Nelson, and then three from Bellotti to finish it. So they got through that game without using Robertson, Dominguez, Alvarado, or Eflin, mm-hmm. or Big any one. of your starters out of the bullpen. And then Houston also got a pretty good um, showing from their bullpen, too. Jose Arquiti went three innings for them out of the bullpen. Normally a starter, but he's pitching out of the bullpen in um, in the playoffs. Ryan Stanek got the last two outs in the fifth. Uh, McCullers was not very good. Seven runs all earned. Uh, 78 pitches. Struck out five, but there was very clearly something going on with um, his pitching delivery, which um, indicated whether he was going to throw a fastball or a uh, off-speed pitch. So I, I think that he was definitely tipping his pitches from what I, I – some people are trying to outsmart everybody and say he wasn't, but I think he truly was. If you just look at his leg kick and where he separates his hands, the, the, he's yeah. very, very inconsistent. And, you know, fastball, he was separating it like around where his chin was and not going yeah. as high with his leg kick. But throwing breaking balls like a slider in his curveball, he was he was separating it like the, the crown of his hat. And um, and his leg was going up a little bit higher and a little bit wider too. Uh, batters typically don't look at legs when um, trying to pick up on things like that. You look more at hands. It's primarily you're basically looking at the pitcher's hand the entire time you're hitting. So uh, for them to pick something up, it had to be from that. But McCullers very clearly, I mean, he gave up a lot of homers and they were early in counts. So something had to be going I mean, on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that was tipping the pitches clearly. Uh, I think Manny Ramirez on one of the telecasts mentioned it. MLB mentioned it. And obviously yeah. I think Pedro Martinez somewhere else. About it too. Exactly. And I think John Boy, I haven't checked, but I'm sure John Boy covered it as well. I mean, yeah, he, he posted anything some off tweets. speed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anything off speed is just like you said, his leg, his leg and his hand positioning were completely different than his fastball. Yep. And he mainly threw just off speed. So if you just see something different, oh, it's a fastball, sit on it. And literally, I mean, this, you can say, you know, Eduardo Prez or whatever his name is, says, oh, his hypothesis is. Harbor didn't say anything, but let's be real. I think he did. I think he picked up yeah. on it immediately. I agree. Every next inning, Bohm sits on it and just crushes it, and Bohm doesn't hit home runs like that. And when Harper so batted, Bohm he swung at the first pitch and absolutely obliterated it. Now, the thing with McCullers, yeah. you, you can say one or say the other. I mean, the the other tell that he has is that he just doesn't throw his heater. He threw up yeah. until, until that game began. He threw one fastball to a left-handed batter all playoffs, and he played against um, – you know, Seattle, who had a couple lefties in their lineup, J.P. Crawford, 
Um, I'm trying to think of who else is in that line. Uh, Cal Raleigh, I believe, is a lefty. And um, and then he faced against he faced off against the Yankees, who obviously have Anthony Rizzo. Um, I don't know if he saw Aaron Hicks, but uh, Oswaldo Cabrera is a um, switch hitter. So he saw some lefties. Obviously, nobody you know superimposing aside from excuse me aside from Rizzo. I mean, Cabrera, you can give yeah. him twenty fastballs, and he he probably hit one <laughs> of them. But and same thing with uh, with Hicks. If he saw Hicks, I don't think he did. Um, so it's not like he faced a thousand lefties. This Phillies lineup is pretty left-handed heavy. In particular, when they face a righty, you know, you have Schwarber, you have um, Harper, you have Stott, you have Marsh. And, yeah, so it, it's – I think his tell was the fact that the Phillies were just all over the off-speed. You can sit off-speed and react fastball because McCullers wasn't exactly pumping hard fastballs in there. He threw a sinker down and in on Bohm, and Bohm clobbered it. Um, the, the first pitch to Harper was a breaking ball. Obviously, it was right down the middle too, but see how balanced he was on that swing. He was expecting a breaker, so – uh, the Phillies definitely had – they did their homework on him and then just did none on Christian Javier the next night. <laughs> yeah, honestly. I mean, when you were watching that home run derby at the bank, what were your thoughts in real time? Do you think it was a big deal that, like, oh, we're crushing them? Or what What was your uh, idea, your thought process or your reaction to the entire game? So to be completely honest with you, my first thought was Houston has never played an environment like this. And it's clearly affecting McCullers, who has World Series experience. It was his first World Series start, I think, since 2017. I don't think he pitched in the 19 World Series. I have to double-check that. but I'm, Or maybe he didn't pitch last year. Uh, he was coming off surgery this year. Um, so, I mean, I thought maybe it was just, the, you know, the Phillies and their fans were overwhelming the Astros. And, you know, as soon as they neutralized the top of the order early in that game, I was like, all right, well, cool. If they go to the bottom of the first inning here, you know, scoreless. And um, Ed Suarez looked good in the first inning and kind of controlled their lineup. So the momentum's on the Philly side. And the second Harper at that home run, I thought the game was over. Um, I, I just didn't yeah. think that they had a chance to get back. I didn't see the Schwarber and um, Hoskins home runs. I did see the Marsh home run. That was like one of those like in-betweeners. And the, the one that Bohm hit, I thought was a double off the wall. It somehow got out. So <laughs> yeah. I, it looked like the ball was really flying in Philly the last few days. I mean, yeah, for sure. For, for my reaction... I was watching with my dad, and I saw the Harper just crushing it. I mean, this thing was gone, and I had the same reaction immediately. Oh, this series yep. is over. I said the series. I didn't even say the game. I was like, this is over. This is Harper. This is basically like, you know, foreshadowing to uh, Schwarber's leadoff. Yeah. If Schwarber can get hot in the first inning and just set the tone, more than likely good things can happen. And when Harper hit that, I'm like, all right, cool. Then Boehm hit one. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I think we're yeah. going – on a on a route here, and I told my dad, I'm like, "All right, this is good." At the time, it was like six nothing before Hoskins hit one. I'm like, this is good, but this team better like settle down, focus because game what is it four? Game four the next day, you got to face you got to go back out there and face this team again, and mm -hmm. you know put your foot on the on the accelerator and just kill this team because you give them any break, they're gonna come back and swing. They just got shut out, and they are, you know, World Series and playoff um, dogs here. So you can't yeah. give them any break. And then, of course, foreshadowing what happened, Shoot. the no the no hitter, and it's like, well, fuck. Yeah, uh, baseball has a weird way of humbling you. Um, yeah, it's the only sport where, in order to make it to the Hall of Fame, you have to be a failure. Um, you have to fail seven out of ten times as a batter. 
you have to fail enough as a pitcher. You know, it, it's a crazy sport and it's it's a very humbling sport. And momentum is something that's often argued in sports. I think in football, you can feel momentum within one game, but you can't necessarily feel it week to week. In yeah. basketball and in hockey, you can argue in a series, there's probably some momentum. But in baseball, it's so different because you can you can certainly feel momentum within a game. But I think momentum only goes as far as your next day's pitcher. And the reason I say that is, you know, the Astros, uh, so the Astros just went up 3-2 last night. If they were going up against me tomorrow on the mound, all the momentum is on their side. Yeah. They're going up against Zach Wheeler. And I know Zach Wheeler hasn't been great in the playoffs, but you can't just take that and go, oh, okay, they're, gonna, they're just going to crap on Zach Wheeler. He's, he's, he's nothing. He's toast. They, they know they're going to go up against Zach Wheeler. They might have a little bit of momentum, but the, the momentum, the, the idea of it and the theory behind it, I, I don't think, I, I don't buy much into it. In a similar way, if the Phillies had won last night, yeah, I wouldn't feel super confident facing Framber Valdez again. And if they and win not. against Valdez, I'm not going to feel good about facing Javier again. So it's it's weird. So game four, let's do this real quick. My standout star uh, was Brandon Marsh. He was 0 for 2 with a walk and a stolen base. Um, he was the Phillies' best offensive player. <laughs> Bryce Harper was also 0 for 2 with a, a walk and a stolen base. However, he struck out twice and Marsh only struck out once. So he's my um, he's my player of the game. I can see that. Um, ga- Game four actually never happened, um, which is weird because it. It I'm reading that the Astros are up three two in the series. But I don't remember game four being played. So, um, actually, so if you want to look for a silver <laughs> line, so they were no hit. Yeah. Nola was terrible again. Seven hits in four innings. Um, he got into the fifth, didn't get an out, and then loaded the bases. And Jose Alvarado came in, tried his best to get through it, but he gave up the double to Bregman down the line. And then I believe who was it? Tucker had a little had another RBI as well. So I mean. It is what it is, but if you look for silver lining, uh, Andrew Bellotti gave him an inning, nine pitches. David Robertson gave him an inning, nine, 11 pitches. Zach Eflin struck out the side on 12 pitches. Three curveballs looked very good. And Brad Hand pitched a scoreless ninth. So the Phillies, I know that they got no hit, but if you're looking for positives, and this isn't the time to you know for um, moral victories because yeah. you need literal victories. <laughs> yeah, I thought sure. the, bullpen, the bullpen has been the biggest plus in this entire series, aside from maybe the Astros starting pitching. The, the mm-hmm. bullpen has been fantastic for the Phillies, and the bullpen for the Astros has been great too. Christian Javier went six, uh, ninety-seven pitches. Um, and since we're not, gonna, since we likely don't have a W's and L segment later, uh, my W for the week is uh, Christian Javier. That was the first time that his father has seen him pitch professionally in person. He flew really? in to see him pitch. His mom, uh, his mom told him that morning he was going to throw no hitter, and um, his dad, um, his dad flew <laughs> in. So that was the first time he got the chance to see his dad, see his uh, his son pitch in the majors, which I thought was really really cool. So it's only fitting that, that he, um, cool. he went out there and shoved. Um, Brian Abreu has been amazing all season long. He's one of those relief pitchers that nobody has heard of. He had a one night four ERA in the regular season, and he's just been lights out in the playoffs against both the Yankees and the uh, the Phillies. Rafael Montero was a throw in last year in a trade with Seattle and Houston. Um, he was, I believe, in the Abraham Toro trade, um, which sent um, I, I forget the the closer from the Mariners last year. He um he got traded to the Astros. I forget the guy's name. Um, well, I'm never gonna remember it. But uh, there was a trade at the deadline last year that Mariners fans are really upset about. Um, I'll find yeah. it in a minute. But he he was a throw in last year in a trade. He had a, a sub three ERA, a two three seven, and then Ryan Presley, who's you know started his career poor in um with the Twins. Pitched to a nine a point nine three ERA last year in the postseason in nine innings, and he's pitched ten innings scoreless in the postseason this year. He's been outstanding for them. So, Montero. 
Preston Montero was in. He was in a trade last year that sent uh, Abraham Toro to the um, mm. to the Mariners. The Mariners traded their closer. I forget who it was. I want to say it was Gregerson, but I don't think that's the guy it was. Um, I'll never it's find like Graveman. him. Yeah. Oh, Kendall Graveman. Yeah, Kendall Graveman. He's the guy on the White Sox yes. now. He was the closer mm. last year for the Mariners, and he got traded primarily for Abraham Toro. And Rafael Montero was a throw-in, and Montero's been the best player in that trade. So it's great. Honestly. You know, Astros' bullpen's been incredible. And I know Montero gave up the run last night, but their bullpen's been fantastic. Um, Both we'll go to game five. Yeah. Game four, do you have any thoughts? I, I, I begrudgingly watched it. I wanted to see I, what would happen. And I'm not surprised that I was at work. So, oh, man. I was thankful I was at work. Um, of all things, Jill Biden, yes, the first lady <laughs> was in attendance. And she was in attendance for the no-hitter, so... She's partly to blame for that as well. Um, yeah, thankfully I was at work. I didn't have to really sit through any of that. I kind of heard and watched the boss score. I'm like, still no hit. And then the drive home was just absolute torture. Scott Fransky just saying, yep, we're through seven, and the Phillies have yet to get a hit. And I'm like, come on. Give me something. Yeah, they, they didn't even show any glimmer of hope. They had, I think, one ball with an exit velocity over 90. And there was one ball Segura hit in the eighth, I think it was. That had an expected batting average of of nine ten, and that was a screamer right at uh, Tucker and right. It was right to him, but it was the hardest hit ball of the night for the Phils, and they were they were overmatched. Um, Javier was fantastic. the uh, The biggest win from that is Javier. Thank God he only pitched Game Four because now you got to see him twice instead of three times. Imagine if they threw him in Game One. Jesus, I doubt they yeah. let McCullers pitch if there is a Game Seven. So I'm guessing Javier would probably start that game. So. They got their work cut out for him, which leads me to think they would just hit a home run off him in the first inning. But I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Game five was last night. This was the uh, the closest of the five games. The first four were, by all intents and purposes, blowouts at any given time. There was only one at bat yesterday by the Phillies mm-hmm. where they could not at least tie the game or where the game wasn't already tied. And that was a Nick Castellanos walk, which brought up a tying run. Castellanos eventually scored. So there was only one plate appearance last night where the Phillies were not currently tied or had the ability to tie, which is crazy how close the game was. Um, Altuve gets on in the first. Pena gets him over and gets him in. Alvarez comes up. Alvarez has really struggled in the playoffs, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, Pena hit a home run off of Syndergaard. Syndergaard was not very good. Altuve and Pena have been phenomenal. They were combined um, five for eight yesterday. Um, yeah. Tucker, Gurriel had a single. He came out. Mancini came in and struck. Oh, that guy sucks. Um, <laughs> David Hensley, one for four. He was a DH last night because Lemus Diaz has not done anything, and Mancini's not done anything either. Verlander kind of flipped the script from game one. He went five strong, um, 94 pitches. They got him out early, but it didn't matter. Hector Neris came in and got two outs. Um, and Brian Abreu once again came in and was very good. Montero got a big out in the, um, in the eighth, but then he gave up the second run to the Phillies from Segura. And then Presley got his first ever um, World Series five-out save. Uh, Philly's got a little bit from Syndergaard. Nothing crazy, but if you said before the game he was, he's going to give you three innings, he only give up two runs, I think he would sign for that, hoping that the offense would carry them. Uh, Brogdon was phenomenal again. He's been the unsung hero of the playoffs. Alvarado came in, gave up a um, – I think he gave up a base runner, but didn't uh, didn't allow him to score. Yeah, he got a – the man got on off of him, but he struck him out. Um, Dominguez, they tried to get two out of him. He couldn't do it. And then Hoskins booted a ball that Robertson was pitching in the eighth. Um, 
And Hoskins booted the ball, which allowed the go ahead or the eventual winning run to score. Eflin pitched, yeah, Eflin pitched the ninth and uh, struck out a batter. But yeah, that that ball that Hoskins was that was hit to Hoskins. If he if he just feels it cleanly, then the Phillies are playing for a tie in the eighth and not playing from behind three one. So it's it, it's a very bittersweet um, series so far. Obviously, we're happy we're there. They're happy that, that they've made it and happy that it's been this competitive. But there's so many correctable mistakes that if these mistakes happened in, in you know, May, we'd be talking about them and the next day they'd be fixed. Uh, and right now that's just not happening. So game six, Wheeler and Valdez again. So, so do you think this team can win two straight after dropping two straight is the, uh, the million dollar question. Only 29% of the time has a team won games six and seven, went down three, two. Um, and only eight times in history has a team won games six and seven on the road in the World Series, went down three, two. So eight times in history. The most recent one was 2019. In that 2019 World Series, obviously the um, the Nationals came back and uh, won that series in Houston. That was a weird World Series where no uh, home team won a single game. Uh, the second most recent time that a team has come back from being 3-2 and won games 6-7 and seven on the road was the 2016 Cubs, which uh, Kyle Schwarber played for that team. He had a big a big series after missing most of that season. So there's reason to think that there's a chance that they might be able to come back. But uh, given the way that they've lost the three games that they've lost, the first two were really just not competitive, and the third one was you know, a lack of clutch hitting. The Phillies at one point were 1-for-20. Uh, with runners in scoring position. I think they're one for 23 now or two for 22 now in the series with runners in scoring position. So not good. By the way, game four, the no-hitter game. Um, mm-hmm. First time in World Series history a team has... <laughs> this is a fun one. Oh, no. First time... Well, actually, first time in the history of baseball, I'm pretty sure, a team has struck out 14 times in a no-hitter, but also had um, two stolen bases. <laughs> so... Yeah, usually fun. when you get no-hitter... You don't really get on base. No. And when you do, so you really to, don't do much with it. They had opportunities to score. So I have a couple stats about the no-hitter. Um, yeah. Jesus. Whoa. Um, yeah, she's flipping out. Um, it's the third postseason <laughs> no-hitter in MLB history. Yeah. Uh, it's the second in the history of the World Series. Two of the three world um, postseason no-hitters that have occurred happened in mm-hmm. Citizens Bank Park. Baseball's been played for over 100 years. Two of the three no-hitters have happened in Philly. And both of the two most recent ones have happened here. And Dusty Baker was the visiting manager for both. He was managing the Reds in 2010 when Halliday no hit them. And um, obviously was the visitor for this one when the Astros defeated the uh, the Phillies. It just adds to his resume as a, as a future Hall of Famer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's easy I to mean, see why he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, we called it in the beginning of the uh, – in last week's episode – prior to the World Series that, I mean, who who do we think we would win? And, I mean, we both said, screw Dusty, we'll take one for us. We'll win, we'll win the World Series. But, I mean, you got to feel, if it was any other team than the Phillies, yeah, we would be rooting for Dusty, not the Astros. And here we are, Dusty's about one win away from getting that elusive World Series uh, ring trophy yeah. on his resume. Yeah. So. It's kind of bittersweet. I mean, it comes at the the hands of the Phillies, but the Phillies didn't go out in four like most people thought. 
Yeah. As the Astros you, did in, the, in this postseason. So I'll take that. Who were you rooting for last year when it was Astros and Braves? Were you rooting against the Astros because they're the Astros? Or were you rooting against the Braves because they're the Braves and they're facing Dusty? I was rooting. I really don't. I was rooting for the Braves solely because, you know, just like what you think, if you eliminate me and you go to the World Series, it's because I would have been in that position. That's all I ever thought. Yeah. So I, I like my knowing dog, that I lost to the best team. <laughs> I mean, hey. Yeah. If it wasn't for them, I'd be in there too. But hey, it is what it is. Yeah. But I, I have a couple really thoughts like the about the. Uh, no, the Astros pissed me off. I have a couple thoughts about the lineup and a couple thoughts about the players in the lineup. Um, if we want to go last by night? one, just in general, let's go one by one. Kyle Schwarber has been fine for the most part in the playoffs. He's doing what he did all season long: feast or famine, strike out, walk, home run. Um, I don't sure. know if he has any extra base hits aside from the home runs. A couple of singles, including a big one that started the inning in Game Four against the Padres. In the first inning, when they were down four nothing, which led to the Hoskins two run shot. Um, obviously, he hit the 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 the, the long home run in game three. Uh, I'm sorry, game two against the Padres. Or you know, that was game one. Sorry, game one against the Padres. And then mm-hmm. game three, he hit the home run about a section over from us, and w- was good for the most part of that series. Um, Reese Hoskins, um, absolutely abysmal in the World Series. He was zero for five last night with four strikeouts, including. Every single strikeout that I saw him against Verlander, every single at bat he had, the entire yeah. time he was trying to pull the ball, every single pitch was on the outer half. He, he has no approach right now at the plate. He he can't field at all. He dropped a throw to first base in the Brave series, a, re- a regular throw to first base yeah. in the Brave series. He, he booted the ball against the, uh, the Padres at the game we were at, which led to the Padres tying the game. He booted the ball last night, which would have been, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say it was an easy play. At the very least, Altuve either doesn't break or, bang bang. or gets thrown out of the plate. Ramuto is one of the best catchers at catching the ball and blocking the plate. Hoskins doesn't have a great arm, but, I mean, if he makes that play cleanly, you give your team a chance. He was not a competitive baseball player this entire series. Aside from the one home run he hit a game three, when the, the game was already over at that point, it was 6 nothing. Aside from yeah. that home run... Uh, it, it, he, he's he's been nothing, and I would take him out of the two spot right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I know where you, now. I see where you're getting with this with the roster uh, number JT eight. JT Realmuto. But so no, JT Realmuto. One, one thing with yeah. Hoskins, real quick. I don't know if you saw it, but last night he looked like a deer in headlights. He looked shook. He didn't yep. know what he was. He couldn't see the ball to save his life, and. Um, Four of those, he had four strikeouts. I want to say maybe half of those, not even an attempt to swing. It's like not even catcher not even catches it. He didn't even argue. He just walked away because he knew it was done. Yeah. He just couldn't see the ball. Now, granted, it, it's a hundred mile per hour, yeah. eighty. Yeah. You know, in in a high intense pressure environment, sure. Like baseball is one of the hardest sports. You have to hit a baseball yep. coming at you at eighty miles per hour, and God knows what position or like, where is it landing. Sure, but yeah. Give me, give me some effort or give me some adjustment, something. But 4Ks, they had his number. And Real yeah. Muta didn't do so hot either. He, no. he ended the game with 3Ks as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. in fairness the uh, to the Hoskins thing. Yeah. I believe I believe Stott struck out looking, and so did Schwarber on pitches yesterday that looked like they were – the one Schwarber struck out. Oh, on, yeah. Well, he had two swings and misses, too, that were really killer. Um, he had a he got a cookie from – I forget who it was. It might have been Presley in the uh, 
in the eighth. eighth. When he, I don't know. That was the ball he hits the first base side. It, no, no, it wasn't a strikeout pitch. It was a cookie. I think it was a 2-1 two, two, a two one cookie pitch, and he just basically swung over it, and he knew that was the pitch right there. Um, he yeah, also he struck did. out looking. Stott struck out looking. Castellanos, um, well, well, let's go in order. Real Muto was yeah. one for 25. He's one for his last 26 now. Um, did nothing last night. It gave us a little bit of hope in the ninth, but doesn't matter. It was caught. At no point when that ball was in the air did I think it was going to fall. Harper <laughs> in the four spot. Harper gets an incomplete because he hasn't really had a chance to do anything. The entire series have just pitched around him. Dusty Baker is doing what uh, Bob Melvin and Brian Snicker were not smart enough to do, and that's pitch around Bryce Harper because there's nothing behind him. Uh, that nothing behind him yesterday worked a couple <laughs> good counts in Castellanos. He hit a ball on the screws to short, which I will. I'm not going to hurt. You know, he, he probably should have had at least a hit yesterday. That ball that was Penny hit straight at Pena. It. Yeah, it was 100 miles an hour off the bat. Worked a couple Penny of good counts, but he, he, swing, he swings at more balls than I've ever seen anybody swing at. End of the ninth inning, the 3-2 pitch from Presley was right down the middle, and he rolled over on it. So nothing there. Uh, Alec Bohm, tip your cap. He's been good. Had a big yeah. double in game one, hit the home run in game three. And then I believe it was two for four last night. So I mean, I can't hurt him. I can't hate on him there. Uh, two um, for four, or three for five. One of those. He, he was very good yesterday. And uh, yeah. Stott, Stott is what he is. He's not. He hasn't hit a fastball his entire life. He he sits breaking ball and fights off fastballs, which is quite a mature approach. My concern with him is he's never going to drive a ball if he keeps batting the way he does. He sit. He sit. He's basically sitting on his heels in the batter's box, and you know, approaching every pitch like it's a strike too, which is great because he works great at bats. But mm-hmm. he's not going to get a hit in this series if he keeps hitting like that. Um, Segura's been terrible, but he had a big hit last night. Um, big he's hit. got three huge hits over second base. Uh, the one against uh, St. Louis, the one against San Diego when we were there. Yeah. And then last night, all, none of them were strikes. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but he's probably my favorite. He might be my Philly, my favorite Phillies position player. I mean, um, when he gets the two he, strikes, it's like urgency for him. that He's like, I need to hit a hit now. Yeah, the thing with him is he hasn't been very good in the World Series. Uh, and then Marsh in the ninth spot. I know he had the home run, but uh, he had, I think he had two walks yesterday too. So he, he's been doing what he can. And Kevin yeah. Long, I think that's Kevin Long's probably biggest um, accomplishment is fixing Brandon Marsh. Turned him from a nothing offensive player to a, a pretty useful nine hitter. So can't yeah. hate on him. Um, uh, Sosa was terrible in game two. And uh, Veerling wasn't very good in game two either. So uh, Mundo Sosa, if I don't see him start another game in the rest of the playoffs, I'd be fine. I think Stott has to start against Valdez in game six, even though he's a lefty. But Sosa, yeah. he he made the bad throw to Hoskins, threw it at his ankles, and then was terrible at the plate. He missed the bag on the double play ball. Um, didn't even put did a play at the that. plate. So, so Sosa, I, I could go without seeing him start a game. He, he's a late-inning defensive replacement as far as I'm concerned. For sure. Now, are you thinking about tinkering the lineup heading into game six? Yes. Yes, here's uh, what I would do. Yes. Unless you have a lineup in mind. I don't, but I can think of one for sure. I can think of a, so a few I, moves for sure. I have two solutions. I have three solutions. My first solution is you take Hoskins out and put Matt Veerling in. That's not going to happen. Second solution, you take Castellanos out and put Matt Veerling in. Not going to happen. Third solution. <laughs> I think the most reasonable solution that you can come up with is you just is flip-flop um, you flip-flop Harper and uh, Real Muto and give Harper at least something behind him in the lineup. I think the most reasonable adjustment that they're going to make is Harper 3, Romuto 4, Bohm 5, Castellano 6. But if it were up to me, I would go Schwarber in the one spot. I would go Bohm 2. I would hit Harper 3rd. I would do Romuto 4, Hoskins 5, 
Then I would go Stott six, Castellano seven, Segura eight, and then whoever the center fielder is bats ninth. I I want Bohm at the top. I would bat Harper second, but if Schwarber, but with Schwarber being a lefty, that doesn't help. Um, but I would go Schwarber, Bohm, Harper, Ramuto in the four spot. Hoskins kind of just has to bat fifth. My sixth hitter would be Stott. I would hit Castellano seventh, and then go Segura and the center fielder at the bottom. Stott's not going to drive a ball, but at least he works good at bat. So you know it's not going to be an easy at bat if the guy ahead of him gets on, which is Hoskins. And you can't really pitch around Hoskins because Stott can put a ball in the gap if he needs to. But I don't know. You're potentially going over with with Hoskins, Stott, and Castellanos. Yeah, you're going over right, right now with Hoskins, Real Muto, and Castellanos. Oh, yeah, for sure. But that I line, mean, it's just the still... three of them. Um, I'm almost. But let me see if I can find the stat. I'm pretty sure they're like one for the last thirty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Cassianos, for what it's worth, while you look for that, had probably his. I wouldn't say his best, but for sure, he's the most aggressive batter in this Phillies lineup. He swings at everything and anything, right? Yeah, and he worked the three-two count. He walked the walk. He got a couple of good hits. He got one. That should have been a double, probably in the gap in left center, but Pena just swiped it from the from the air. So he has kind of settled down and was seemingly looking like he was going to watch the ball. I mean, he's looking at the ball better. And I told mm-hmm. my dad at that final at bat, this is probably the moment where Cassianos just figures it out now in the bottom of the night that they're having a tumultuous game. This is the one where he grabs the the key winning hit, and of course it didn't happen. We didn't get there. Yep, it is. What it I is. agree. Um, the last two games, Hoskins, yeah. Real Muto, and Castellanos are over twenty-five. And if you want to throw in Stott being over six, yeah, I was going to say I don't think Stott has even have a hit in the entire series. Over thirty-one, I don't think he has a hit this series either. Yeah, he, he has doesn't. a couple they walks, weren't mentioning it. but he's definitely. Um, I'm not going to kill Stott. I, I think yeah. he's a he's an excellent young talent. However, it's just uh, it's been yeah, Stott's over. Century this series. Uh, so we're looking 0 for, at 0 for 13, and he finished the at, uh, Padres series one for four. So he's one for his last 17, two for his last 21, and um, four for his last 26. Really, four for his last 30. So he's not been very good. And uh, I'm just trying I, to write I disagree. This down. I know some people want to take Schwarber out of the uh, leadoff spot. I I don't think I do that. He's been he's been the least of their worries this series. I know he has been great. Yeah. But he's been he's been fine. I I can also stomach putting Segura in the one spot. I'm sorry, in the two spot. I can see them going. You know, Schwarber Segura. I don't think they will, but I can see it happening. Um, Schwarber Segura, Harper Real Muto, and then you go um you go Bohm five, which lengthens the lineup a little bit. But then you have the dead zone with Castellanos, Hoskins, Stott, and um and Marsh at the bottom. You could also flip-flop. I think I wouldn't be against flip-flopping Marsh and Stott. So I think realistically in game six, you could see Schwarber, Hoskins, uh, Harper in the three spot, Real Muto in the four spot, Bohm five, Castellano six, and then you go Marsh, Segura, Stott instead of Segura. I'm sorry, instead of um, instead of Stott, Segura, Marsh. Because like Stott at the bottom can roll things over to the top provide you with some speed Definitely. and Marsh has been hitting the ball a little bit. Yeah, I'm looking at this lineup. Yeah, the, the two guys I'm not gonna kill the three guys I'm not gonna kill are um 
are Schwarber, Stott. Harper, and um, and Marsh. I'm not going to kill Stott either, but the, the other three guys have at least been doing something. Yeah. I have Schwarber. As you said, Schwarber, Boehm, Harper. That's left, right, left. Mm-hmm. Ramudo, Hoskins, Stott. But let's take Stott out, put him at the ninth, put Marsh in that position. You still have righty, righty, lefty. Yeah. So it's Hoskins, Marsh, then Castellanos to bring him home and, and provide so he's, it. He's in the seventh spot, that is? Yeah. And then he goes Pro- Segura and then a lefty. Segura. I'm not against that. I'm not Stott. against that. Now, provided Stock gets on base, I mean, excuse me, Marsh gets on base and does some like small, you know, small ball and get a stolen base, Castellanos, ground rule poppy, he can move that guy over to third if he can get to second, if Marsh can get to second, can we get him to third? Squeeze bun. I don't know. Something to get this man rolling. Cassiano yep. has just been garbage lately. But his defense has been great. He's in right field. It's not really his main position because that's normally no, Harper's he, he's been, spot. He's been fantastic. He's been tremendous. Yeah, I, I, you're not going to hear me say a negative thing about his defense. He's been great. So he, I made, mean, uh, he made three tumbling catches in the playoffs. He made a really good catch yesterday. People aren't talking about on the warning yeah. track. I don't know if you saw that, the ball to the warning track. Yeah. He he, he narrowly area. missed um, he narrowly missed the Brandon Drury ball in uh, Game Four of the NLCS, which was I thought a zero percent catch. He almost got to that. That was the one that made it four nothing in Game uh, Four. Yes, and yes, we're yes. kind of going backwards here, but that ball was in the gap almost off the scoreboard. He almost got to it. I don't know if I don't think Harper gets to that. Maybe nah. I mean Marsh if you put him in right gets to that maybe Beerling, but you know most right fielders aren't getting to that. He was statistically speaking the worst right fielder in baseball this year, and he has really turned around in the playoffs. And you're not going to say anything negative about his defense. He's had no. When you're, no, you're getting paid, in, yeah. I was just going to say he had, in this entire postseason, in each series, he's had at least one catch that's just been a game-saving or game-winning catch. Yeah, the, the game so one I mean, catch literally saved the game. That ball gets past him or just falls in general. The game's over. The um, the thing is, I'm not paying a guy twenty million dollars to be a defensive right fielder. Yeah. Um, Ask the Cubs how that worked out with Jason Hayward after 2016. So Yikes. he's got to figure out a way to be productive at the plate. I am um, I'm hopeful after his at-bats last night. I thought that was the best game I've seen from him in a while, approach-wise. Mm-hmm. He still swung at everything outside of the strike zone, but at least he fouled some tough pitches off. He only had, I think they said he only had like eight at-bats all season with 10-plus pitches where he saw, which is absurd. Jesus. <laughs> I feel like Stotts had two of those in the World Series. But yeah, Cassi- I don't know. it's just it's frustrating. You want it's him to right, succeed. Yeah. The best word, yeah. Thirty-four homers. Like Thirty-four homers last season with the Reds. And a hundred RBIs with a three hundred average. He was coveted by one Bryce Harper. He signed here because, yeah. and they said on the on the telecast. I don't know if you caught it. Yep. Uh, one of the reasons that drew him to Philadelphia was to be in big games. Well, he was in a lot of big at bats last night in. Came up funny they didn't small. play a they, funny they hadn't played a big game in almost ten years or in twelve years, but <laughs> yeah, right. you know what's crazy is if you look back at the reaction, uh, we'll, we can move on after this as well. Um, I have two questions remaining about the Phillies, but we can move on after this. Um, yeah. If you look back at the offseason, uh, of the three guys that were out there between um, Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber, and Chris Bryant, the, the guy that everybody wanted the least was probably Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> I think most Phillies really? fans wanted Chris Bryant and uh, Nick Castellanos the most, and Harper wanted all three of them as well. And Schwarber <laughs> wound up being an All Star. Had four, what do you have? Forty six and ninety in the leadoff spot for the most part. Something so, like that, yeah. 
Uh, Chris Bryant didn't hit a single home run at home. And uh, Nick Castellanos hasn't hit a home run since August 27th. So that's I think Schwarber because, worked out. Because that's probably because if you brought in Schwarber, he would be the primarily a DH. Yeah. So they were like, eh. Yeah, the I Castellanos fit was weird from the, from the outset. Yeah, you could have put Bryant anywhere. You could put him at third. You could put him. What they could have done with Bryant is put him at third, move Bohm to first, and then Hoskins is your DH. Or they could have put him in left. Or he could have played center instead of freaking Odubel Herrera for most of the year. But then you wouldn't have Marsh. Uh, my, yeah, my last two questions. Wouldn't have Marsh. Yeah. Um, I can't find them, though. Um, uh, all right. Well, I know the one. Um, if the Phillies come back and win games six and seven, uh, there's no nothing currently can indicate how it'll be. It's not like like one player has a great series. Who do you think the MVP would be? If the Phillies came back little, and won the whole thing, yeah, I do have one that's kind of off the grid. Obviously, you know you're going to need some heroic performances in the next two games. So like Harper or Schwarber or, or even Castellanos or Bohm could have a big game, and then that'll make them the MVP. But I, I have an I have an interesting answer for you. I have one tidbit, and then that will make my answer more solidified. Now, you are the baseball savant of this podcast. Has there ever been a pitcher to win the MVP? Yeah. Yep. Steven Strasburg a couple of years ago. So, so you're going to give me this. You're going to give me the same answer I'm going to give you then. Well, maybe not. <laughs> I would give it to Ranger Suarez. That was exactly who I was thinking. Oh, really? I thought you were I was actually. Give it I was. I was. Te- well, I would love to give it to Evelyn. He's my MVP. I would. Um. I, I I was tempted to put some money on Suarez after Game Three. He's plus five thousand right now. He was plus thirty two hundred at the time, and I looked. Um. It, it and I think we both have the same thought process. He came in, got a big out, couple big outs in Game One. He shut things down in Game Three, and if they win in Seven, he's either going to pitch out of the bullpen in Game Six or start Game Seven, or pitch out of the bullpen in Game Seven. So I was just going to say he can do Six and still come out of the bullpen in Seven. Yeah. yeah. So Thompson today actually said Wheeler's last bullpen went well. No issues. Um, he's starting game six with Suarez available in the bullpen. If Suarez should be used out of the bullpen and it hinders his availability the following night, Aaron Nola gets to start game seven. No. But I would imagine no, 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 no. if if you don't use you know, I would imagine if you don't use Ranger in game six at all, then Nola's gonna go game seven. I am sorry, then uh, then Ranger goes game seven with Nola in the bullpen. All right. That's a no. Uh, I think I'm no. done watching I'm done watching Nola until spring training. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, both of those options were tra- terrible. Get Neville out yeah. of here. Get him, unless there's a blow, then yeah, throw him out there just for to get you know everyone yeah. to last hurrah I think for the season. I think there's a world where you can use him in both games, but I, I just don't know if yeah, if you get three outs from him in game six, that, that I don't think you're getting six innings from him. I mean, they're probably going to get six anyway. But my guess is five innings is your is your hopeful um, output for game seven. You maybe get three from him if he has to go an inning tomorrow. Is it typical for these pitchers, or let's just focus on Ranger? Is it typical for him to go? Because mm-hmm. you've watched closely, for him to go five yeah. out, five innings. No, I mean he's, he's usually a little bit deeper. He was bad this year for the most part. He kind of figured it out late, and we were so at actually. Him. I think the yeah, I think the game that it turned his season around. Excuse me, I think we were actually in attendance for that. The uh, the game against the Mets in City Field, where he went toe to toe with Max Scherzer. I felt like that turned yes. his entire se- season around. And yes, then yes, yes. Not, not no more than a couple weeks later, he goes into Atlanta and outpitches Max Freed and then does the same thing here against Max Freed. So he's had three really good starts down the stretch. 
it's not uh, it's not normal for any pitcher in any scenario to pitch in the bullpen and, and in the rotation in a World Series. Aside from in Game Seven of the 2019 World Series, I know we just referenced that Patrick Corbin I think went three innings for the uh, the Nats out of the bullpen, and he was a workhorse that whole series. Same thing with Strasburg. I don't think Strasburg picked mm-hmm. out, pitched out of the bullpen, but we've seen Kershaw pitch from the bullpen before. I think he pitched in the, in 2019 out of the bullpen. It might have been 2020 actually in the uh, the quote unquote bubble. He pitched out of the bullpen. You'll see starters come in, but the thing is, you never see starters in relief pitcher roles. Like you bring a starter yeah. in, it's to start an inning. It's a, it's like to start the fourth inning. It's never. Yeah, hey, uh, we need you to go like save the series. Give me uh, two Ranger out of three. Comes in gets Alvarez and Bregman, and then um, in the NLCS, he gets you two outs in the ninth inning. Like that's not a thing. Like normally, you'll see a, a relief pitcher in a relief pitcher role, versus a starting pitcher will come in and start an inning with a little bit of low stress, like Kyle Gibson in game five or whatever it was, game four, when he pitched an inning out of the bullpen. And, I mean, that goes with anybody. I mean, Alvarado came in with, you know, essentially nothing, like no high pressure instead of the yep. one before where Nola basically gave him bases loaded and like, have at it, buddy. Try not to give us a run. Um, With Ranger, though, dude, I, I'm sold. Give me – if Wheeler can get it done tomorrow – Give me six, if we, if Wheeler, yeah. seven, and you don't have to use Ranger at all, unless it's close. And yeah, use him for yeah an owl game saving or whatever. Is it possible you can throw him right back out as the starter? I mean, he only threw seventy six pitches his it, last outing. And uh, before dealing. that, I think he threw like sixty eight. Yeah, he hasn't thrown a ton of pitches. The thing with so I think no matter what happens, if you get to game seven. Yeah, I think the Phillies are, are probably going to use like eight pitchers. Like you oh, get to yeah. Game Seven, you're gonna, you're going to get four from your starter, no matter who it is, whether it's Nola or Suarez. You're going to get maybe an inning out of the opposite. Like if Nola starts, you're going to get an inning out of Suarez, and then vice versa. If uh, if Suarez starts, you might even see Nola. Um, Syndergaard's available. Every single pitcher is available, unless somebody goes like if Dominguez maybe goes two innings tomorrow, or Alvarado goes two innings tomorrow. Then it's going to be tough to get you know multiple innings out of them. Eflin can give you some length. Brogdon's been phenomenal. Bilotti's been really Brogdon good. Hand can fine. go. He hasn't pitched in a couple of days. Every single and Nelson can probably so you they're going to use everybody in their in the bullpen. Got to empty out the the cap right there. Got to empty yep. it all out. I don't know. All man. right, uh, I'm excited though. Hopefully Wheeler can yeah. get it done. And if anything, Ranger can come in in a couple innings. So I don't know. So then he just gets what is. Give me a prediction. What do you think happens this weekend? Because um, I would imagine we might be able to jump on maybe late Sunday night, give you a reaction, or maybe we'll talk Monday, regardless of what happens in the series, if it goes to a game seven. Yeah. If they lose in sure. six, I don't really I don't plan on talking about it. But um <laughs> if it goes seven, we're gonna need an instant reaction or a following day reaction. But let's talk um give me some predictions and then we'll move on to the NFL. All right, predictions. I hate to say it. Hate to say it. Astros in seven. Mm. I hate to say it. I mean, the Phillies think, with their backs against their wall. Then they can get a game six with behind Wheeler, but yeah. seven is just a bullpen game, as you mentioned, bullpen. Yeah. So the only two outcomes that I can see happening are the two that you actually didn't just give me. It's either going to be Astros in six or Phillies in seven. Mm. If it goes seven, the Astros aren't winning game seven. I'm going to promise like that. you that. If okay. the Phillies win tomorrow, when when the when the Phillies win tomorrow, <laughs> there you go. They're not losing Game Seven. There's just no way it's happening. This team's playing. I know it, 
Here's another thought I have, and then we'll move on. The house money thing doesn't mean you're excused from losing. Oh, for sure. But, but when you're playing with house money, it's a lot easier to get up for that game and not have any pressure. So the Astros have been to four World Series, and they've won. The, I think, well, actually, no, this is the fifth World Series, right? 17, 19. So. Uh, this, is their fourth, this is their fourth one since 17. The 17 they won, 19 they lost, 21 they lost. And now this year, if they lose, that is a lot of pressure on them going into game seven. Think about Altuve. Think about Gurriel. Think about Dusty. Think about whoever's pitching, whether it's McCullers or Javier. Think about um, Bregman. Think about these guys. And Alvarez, you know, if they lose, that's pretty pathetic. They've been out, that would be three out of four years they've lost in the World Series. All to National League teams. Bills. Yeah, all to the NL East. So put all your money on the Mets or the um, the Marlins <laughs> next year. So listen, I, I plan on not enjoying the game. I plan on stressing out the entire time. I think I will I'd be obliterated yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> I can't drink because I got a game Sunday myself. But if it goes to seven, I can drink. I um, <laughs> it's crazy. I'm down with that. Uh, I, yeah, I think the, I think the, I don't want to make a bold prediction, but I think the Phillies take Game Six, Ooh. and I'm not saying they're going to win Game Seven, but I think if it goes seven, the Phillies aren't losing. Yeah, it's I like either, that out better than mine. It's either Houston wins in Game Six or the Phillies win the next two. I I just don't see a world where the Phillies win Game Six and then lose Game Seven. Is that behind pitching? For the Phillies? I think it's just divine intervention. The Phillies in the in the Beautiful. playoffs, I'll and this will it. be my very very my very last point. <laughs> this should be they the, have had the, nine. This should be the segment. <laughs> my very last point. Um, they have had nine lives in the playoffs to this point. The first life down two zero yes. to St. Louis in the ninth. Second life was the NLDS game one when Suarez was terrible. I. Uh, my next one is the bullpen game in game four with Syndergaard starting. Um, the fourth life that they had was Bohm's error in game one against the Padres. It almost cost them. That was in the ninth oh, there. Yeah. Um, their, their next life was game three against the Padres, <laughs> which took at least 10 years off my life. Uh, their their seventh life, I'm sorry, their eighth, their sixth life was um, the bullpen game the day after when Falter got them two outs, and then they bullpen had to figure it out. The next right. life that they had was three wild pitches by Dominguez in game five. And then life number eight was being down five nothing in game one this series. So they, this is their ninth life. This is it. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Well said, sir. Well said. Um, I don't know if you caught any of the other Philadelphia game that was going on, not the Sixers. I saw one the- play. Did you? I saw I saw one play, and it wasn't even a touchdown. It was Gainwell going to the right side, and Kelsey tried to drag him into the end zone, but he was down. <laughs> That's the same so that when I the... tuned in on the iPad. I was like, what's going on? Who's dragging and why? Who's that getting dragged by Kelsey? Yeah, that was the only. That was literally the only play I saw the entire game. And I think I saw the highlight. I may have seen the highlight of Goddard. I don't think I watched it, but I saw it on my Twitter feed. I haven't seen the highlights yet, but... Looks like he I'm had a good game, to... uh, I'm referring to Amazon's Thursday night football matchup with the now 8-0, Rob. 8-0 Philadelphia Eagles defeating the Houston Texans in Texas. One six and one Texans. So the but series is hard. now tied at three. So the series is actually tied at three. Houston and Philly. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. I yeah. mean, this is probably foreshadowing. Philadelphia coming into Houston and winning on the road. Yeah. This is foreshadowing. 
Eagles yeah. did it, so here come the Phillies. Uh, with, with a player on the um, a player on one of the teams having grown up in the opposite area, Chaz McCormick grew up in um, and was a Westchester, whatever. Yeah, uh, Jalen Hurts is an Astros fan. Jalen Hurts from Texas. <sighs> that still bothers me, but nevertheless, um, I don't Eagles care. I mean, Mike Trout's going to parade around 17. in an Eagles jersey. Uh, so, uh, what I'm going to do, is a Melville kid, Jersey baby. So what I'm going to what I'm going to do now is pretend I watched and give you my analysis as if I watched. Um, I've never okay. seen a quarterback more. I've never seen a quarterback show as much poise as Jalen Hurts last night. Um, like the growth he's done him, over the season is crazy. The, the crazy thing is he only had six incompletions, and he had two more touchdowns than interceptions. Um, now the the, <laughs> the biggest issue I have right now with the defense is um, they're getting destroyed up the middle on on the defensive line, and uh, Jordan Davis's absence was looming large last night as Damian Pierce. Um, totally know this off the top of my head. Had 139 yards rushing. And uh, they made Davis Mills look like a pretty good, pretty good quarterback. Um, now the thing with uh, Mills is, uh, yeah. while he will throw two touchdowns, he will throw two interceptions. Two for two. That's all. That's all I got. Uh, Goddard looked like he had a good game. Uh, oh, Goddard, nice dude. G- Gainwell got to the end zone too, right? No. Oh, he didn't. I thought no. he scored. Oh, no, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, I think so. Too. Yeah, 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 I think he did. Yeah, he's just four I touchdowns. Uh, Brown and Goddard. Yeah, Brown and Goddard caught touchdowns. I think it was. Yeah, Sanders yeah, you're and, right. Uh, Gainwell scored on the ground. Scored on the ground, yeah, and they went for a two-point um, conversion to make it 12. What's his name? Har- Hargrave has five sacks in the last five days. Dude, what a pickup. Good He's for him. an animal, yeah. At, th- they are missing Jordan Davis, though. I mean, they were missing him a lot the previous week and missing him this week, too. Um, well, I, don't, I, mean, I don't think that they even – did they even target Slay last night? Uh, to be honest, I didn't really watch it either. I don't think I they would, did. So, I would imagine, like, but the thing is, Brandon Cook wasn't out there because of personal reasons. I think he wants yeah, to be out Cooks of Houston wa- anyway. Cooks wasn't playing, yeah. So they had a bunch of scrubs on the wideout. And Mills, yes. for whatever, he did pretty good. But Hurts was yeah, just a tad I, bit better. I don't see it so with nothing him. Game uh, really. I, Slave was targeted twice yesterday. Yikes. Uh, both in, in completions. Uh, the, the crazy thing is that James Bradbury has been just <laughs> amazing. I've what never a seen up. a guy come in here. It's amazing. We kind of thought he might have been cooked, and he's been incredible. He had a uh, a 93 coverage grade in the red zone last night, which is absurd. Um, I'm trying to see who got the two interceptions. Uh, admittedly, folks, we did not too. watch this game. Did not watch this game. So I didn't um, watch this game either. Interceptions were from – oh, oh well, there you go, the two guys that we just said, Bradbury and Gardner Johnson. <laughs> So good work. Um, um, and uh, to answer your question, yes. What's up? I think they lose to the Commanders. I'm yeah. just going to say it now. Uh, I, th- I think they. I think they lose to Washington on Monday night. Yeah, I posted here on the on our rundown trap trap game of the year question mark for Commanders in Philadelphia Monday night in a short week for the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I don't. I, think I don't so. think it's a. Um, I don't think it's a this trap necessarily. Yeah. It, well, they got a long week. The uh, the Eagles do. They got the thirteen days, or not thirteen, the ten days. Oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah, my bad. But um, I I I don't think it's a trap game of the year. But I think it's uh, I think it's the game they slip up. I I miss mistyped there. Trap game of the year for the Eagles is what I meant. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because of any game um, on this the remaining schedule, this is the one that's a trap game. The one that's more likely a loss is the one in Dallas. That one looks like it's more of a loss. I think it's on. Yeah, that, and they, they've lost the last two games in Meadow and uh, the Meadowlands against the Giants too. In meth life, 
But uh, yeah, this is Heineke too. So that's also another thing. This team has some life with Heineke, not with Wentz back there. Yeah, should be interesting to say the least. I agree. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about the uh, the trade deadline? Yeah. Well, actually, the first bit I mean, of new, first bit of news: uh, Dan Snyder considers selling a little uh, the team. Um, do you think this is kind of a Goodell getting in his ear, or do you think he's truly just trying to <laughs> move on? I think he's trying to move on. I think yeah. it's it's inevitable. He's just not the greatest owner. No one likes him. NFL doesn't want him there. Yeah. The team's not doing great. You're not going anywhere, so might as well just get your money's worth. And get out yeah. of here. I agree. Probably, you never know. You might leave. You'd be leaving a legacy behind, and the team gets better after you leave. Like that was Could my be. team. But yeah. All right. Trade deadline. Um, so the Broncos acquire or trade uh, Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins for a first round pick, fourth round pick, and Chase Evans. Chubb then signed a big extension. A uh, huge move for the Dolphins, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, for sure. Both one of the best. Defense. One of the best pass rushers in football. Um, With the Bills traded, too. There. Yeah. Yeah. Get that's a, that's gonna be a dogfight down the stretch. And then don't sweat, don't sleep on the Jets. Um, Colts traded Naheem Hines to the Bills for Zach Moss and a sixth. Feels like they were just trading uh, Naheem Hines for Naheem Hines. Um, I, I don't really, I don't really believe that highly in Hines. I know some people like him, but I'm not a big fan. I'm a big I know fan. Zach Moss isn't great, but still, you like him. This is a big upgrade. Thanks. This so. is a big upgrade. And for a guy nothing, who's basically. basically playing for a nothing team goes in now to a winning team in Buffalo, possibly. Even the playoff yeah. ones gives him a little edge, and he can catch the ball. Don't sleep. Uh, this he's good. This next one, this next one. Uh, wow. Steelers trade Chase Claypool to the Bears for a second round pick. Uh, so two things. One, I'm shocked that they traded Chase Claypool. Two, I'm, I'm shocked that it was for a second round pick. That's the shocking part. Why? The why would you give up a premium pick? I guess they think that he could be the guy for um, for Fields, but why in God's name would you give up a second? Because that's going to be an early pick. That's going to be like the fifth pick in the second round. The Steelers just fucking robbed this team. 100%. And here's the thing. I think the Bears called them. Hey, what do you want for Claypool? They said, oh, second round. Okay. Okay, yeah, we'll do they it. Were like, Let's do it. <laughs> Let's go. Easy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think they were uh, shopping Claypool. I think this just kind of occurred. Um, this one I'm very uh, very intrigued by. Uh, the Jaguars acquired Calvin Ridley. From the Falcons, a couple. Of it, I know that it's easier to forget about him, but uh, let's not forget a couple of years ago, this guy looked like a complete stud and could be yeah. number one. He could have been an eagle too if he didn't get in trouble. That's a huge, huge pickup for the uh, for the uh, Jags. I like it for Dougie P. They need a number one. I like it a they lot. They have a number. Yeah, they have Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, which are good. Number two and number three. They need a number one. Whenever he's back, um, that's a great pickup for them. Uh, yeah, I like Lions trading T.J. Hawkinson to the Vikings. That was surprisingly. I like that trade for the Vikings. I'm surprised they traded in division. That's my thing. I do not like when you trade within division a top, like, you know, playmaker to a team who's just doing well. You're just furthering, yeah. separating yourself. I don't like it at all. But, hey, if I was the Vikings, I would have made that move all day. Now you got another uh, tight end to precede uh, Rudolph because they haven't recovered since Rudolph yeah. left. Yeah, Irv so. Smith is hurt right now too. Uh, Roquan yeah. Smith traded to the Ravens for uh, A.J. Klein, a two and a five. So the Bears kind of trading Roquan Smith for A.J. Klein, Chase Claypool, and a fifth-round pick is kind of how I view this because they, they got a five, but they also traded a five. Weird trade, but I'm not surprised that the Bears moved on from Smith. He's looking for a long-term deal. I would have absolutely loved him here. He's a great player. Um, 
And I think the Ravens are a good landing spot for him. Yeah, same. I mean, it gives, it gives him a, another chance as well. Second and fifth round, too? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Why not? And, and then the, the last notable, notable one. Yep. Yes, go ahead. We talked about this last week. <laughs> Kadarius Tony. he's mm. been... Doesn't really want to be there in New York. He kind of faked an injury not to play or something like that. Came yeah, out. He looks fine news. In, in practice. Oh, now he's over there in Kansas City for a third and sixth round. What do you think? Was he really worth that out? No. Third round. Yikes. But it's the Chiefs, so. Yeah, they, it's a low pick, I guess. They'll, they'll figure hey, it out. They'll get capital anyway. All, All right. right, I'm gonna let you kind of take the reins here on this Kyrie stuff. <laughs> And then we'll wrap it up with our NFL picks. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be ignorant of me, but I really didn't know too much of it. I just threw it out here. Yeah. But uh, we're going to do our quote-unquote sports and our sports roundup with the NBA. Uh, I call it the Brooklyn Ego Team, not the Brooklyn Nets anymore. Uh, this team is just a disaster all the way around from ownership down to the players and everyone in between. Um. We'll start with the Kyrie because you mentioned it. Kyrie Irving. I didn't see it. I don't know if you saw it, but he posted something on Twitter, I believe, or Instagram. It was a link to a film. If you clicked, it was an anti-Semitic film. And he later deleted it, obviously. He stayed quiet about it. Yeah. The league didn't respond to it. The Nets didn't respond to it immediately. They just so- kind of tried to brush under the rug. And then I think the following couple days... The media just took it, ran with it. Yeah. He was in a media scrum. He was asked about it, and he didn't sound remorseful. He, did, he refused to apologize, refused to mention anything about the anti-Semitic beliefs or acknowledge that the film had it, and it had it in any point. And it wasn't a good look for anyone, especially him. He just looks stupid at the end of the day and misinformed. So, so it's a film. What was it? It's a film that suggests that the Holocaust was a hoax and didn't actually happen, which, uh, which begs the question, if um, a different group of people had a film made about them and a traumatic event in their history where thousands of people, millions of people were affected, and somebody of a different race posted about it not being real, would the backlash be the same by the NBA? Because I know this is a little bit different, but uh, Myers Leonard basically got kicked out of the NBA for using a um, obviously not a good word, use the K word on um, on Twitch. Kyrie Irving suggests m- millions of Jews aren't actually dead, and uh, he gets a little bit of a slap on the wrist. And then, uh, if not for the public outcry, I don't think he never would have gotten this five game suspension. Um, and that's what I was getting to. Just out of curiosity, if a player went on Twitter mm-hmm. and posted uh, a link to a movie that said slavery never happened would um, would the NBA react like this or would they immediately kick this guy off forever? Cause keep in mind, they probably um, kick him out. There are not many minority owners in the NBA and Adam silver is not a minority himself. Three quarters of NBA owners, at least um, like um, majority owners are Jewish mm-hmm. and Adam silver himself is Jewish and they did nothing about this. Now I get that there is um you know, you can have your beliefs and all that, but there's a code of conduct in the NBA. And I guarantee you built in every contract is you have to be like a forward facing, you know, public figure that doesn't say or do stupid shit like this. Yeah. Because you're representing and, the shield, the logo. 
and and they lost a lot of season ticket holders as a result of this. So I just wonder what the um what the outcry would have been and what the reaction would have been by the NBA if this were a different scenario with different races or groups of people involved. Well, I hope we don't ever find out. Hopefully, yeah, this doesn't happen again. I mean, well, misinformed idiots out here, but uh, yeah, that's what I was getting to. I mean, the this is what I was getting to. The initial post wasn't met with immediate suspension, immediate anything. It was trying to like, all right, Kyrie doing doing Kyrie, then the media, then the outcry from the fans and other people, and then obviously he was in a media scrum. He didn't have remorse or anything. And then that's what the quote unquote uh, alarm went off for the Nets ownership and brass. We're like, oh, he was asked about it and he didn't seem remorseful or anything. Let's suspend him for a minimum of five games without pay until he does some serious damage control and all this other stuff, which is just not. And plus, f- donating 500K is no small amount of money. Don't get me wrong. But for these yeah. players, it's basically a drop in the bucket, it's nothing. And it's a tax write-off, if anything. Yeah. 500K is nothing. You just dropped a hammer on this guy. You got to set an example. He's, he's And he's your franchise player, one of your franchise players, not only on the team, but in the league. It's Kyrie Irving. It's no Joe Schmo who's like gets 14 or like four minutes a game on garbage time. This is your primary point guard for the Brooklyn Nets. And this is just absolutely bonkers and malpractice up and down from this Nets ownership and Nets team. And Adam Silver didn't go in on it either. And he's Jewish himself. But, hey, it is what it is. And to continue on this Brooklyn – okay, go ahead. I was going to say the big winner in all this is Steve Nash because he gets to leave this clown show. Um, I was just getting that too. I was just getting to that. I mean – For what it's worth, um, when when Kyrie Irving posted on Instagram his apology last night, it happened to be the exact same time that Nick Castellanos was about to take the uh, (laughs) – go bat in the bottom of the ninth inning. So I think the, if anything is an indication of the Phillies magic being gone, it's uh Cassianos can't even hit a home run at a big moment like that. Then I, I think they're done. Yeah. Honestly. Um, and the last point on this, uh, in all of this, in all of this Kyrie Irving drama, as you said, the Nets fired, and this would be real. They fired Steve Nash. It wasn't no mutual agreement type of stuff. They I, fired no, I, Honestly, Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if he welcomed it. Oh, he was expecting he, it, he, most likely. He he, uh, he said he couldn't get through to those players anymore. And they never wanted him there to begin with. Kyrie and Durant both thought they could coach the team. Yeah, they said if we don't we, – we're all coaches, they said. Something along those yeah. lines. And then Ridiculous. the audacity is Katie, quote-unquote, shocked by Nash's firing. That was the whole crust yeah. of the whole offseason. He yeah, wanted him Osama gone. Laden shocked by 9-11. Yep. <laughs> this is crazy. And then here's the, the elephant in the room. It's no secret that the Nets wanted Ime Adoka the moment the Boston Celtics released him. 100%. It was no question. Once that happened, they were like, oh, Steve Nash is a dead man walking. And then according to Woj, I believe, or Shams, Ime Adoka is expected to be the next coach for the Brooklyn Nets. Now, when does and that first happen? Meeting, is, he, is, is he suspended? He's, I don't know. I don't know how that works. He's suspended by Boston somehow. I don't know what this uh, means. So he's not suspended by the league. He's suspended by, so he, so I wouldn't be shocked if they would have to trade for him then. Yeah. Cause he's on the, like, it, I think they fired him. He's, so he's released. Did they? Well, I thought, I thought he was just suspended for a year. 
That's true. I don't know. Because the guy that took over is an interim coach. It's a weird spot. Nevertheless, his suspension now. Yeah. Nevertheless, if Ime Adoka is the coach for this team going forward this season, the first meeting between Brooklyn and the Celtics will be both. The first two meetings will be both in Brooklyn, December fourth and January twelfth on TNT. The first one in Boston is a random Wednesday night on ESPN, February first. The Garden hosting the Nets in Imeadoka. That place is just money right there. That date is money. February 1st, 2023. All eyes on Boston on that night. If Imeadoka is indeed the, the coach and is coaching on the sidelines at the Garden. Interesting. Craziness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and last point, uh, James Harden, as you mentioned earlier in the show, out for a month with a right foot strain. This came clearly out of nowhere. In the middle of the yeah, both games, I saw this. Like, what is he's this? Playing the best ball he he's playing his best basketball in a long time. Man, Philly sports just keeps getting smacked around, except for the Union and the Eagles so far. Just not a good time. Players um, are holding their own too. Yeah, surprisingly, but I don't really expect much of it, yeah. and it's probably a good thing. Just keep expectations low and just keep doing yeah. your thing. Uh, for what it's worth, John Tortilla was on the radio yesterday. Yeah, and they asked him about Travis Sanheim, and he basically said, "I don't know who he is. He hasn't done anything for us yet." So he well, said he hasn't been good enough. I, I agree <laughs> with him. <that. laughs> yeah, you you know as much as he does. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, with Harden out, do you expect uh, more of the same of Maxi last year? I've just kind of taken over. Yeah, I do. I, I think Maxi's better when he's got the ball in his hands. And playing with Harden and playing with Embiid and playing with Harris uh, really prohibits him from um, flourishing. I think in order for him to be a a star, he's got to be one of the focal points of the offense. And to this point, he has not been. His best game came when uh, I believe Embiid didn't play at 44 on the same night as game one of the World Series. So Jesus, I I think he can flourish, but he just needs the ball in his hands. Yeah, like I said two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whenever it was, when we were doing the rosters, after we saw that game, Maxi at the one, Harden at the two. That's how you should do it. Maxi needs the yep. ball in hand, and he's fast with it. Let's go. Find a way to All make right. it work. You got two great players. I mean, come on now. If the Angels can't do it with two generational talents, is Doc Rivers the same thing when you got Embiid, Harden, and Maxi out there? And and Harris to a lower standard, lower point. It's got to get done, boys. Come on. All right. Uh, let's wrap up the show with our week nine picks. Yes. Uh, we both unanimously picked the Eagles. I would yep. assume, right? Going into week nine. Um, yeah, I texted you before the game. All right. Um, first game on the docket here. Colts at Patriots. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, let me find the uh, the line for this one. Hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And while Sorry, you do that, Fandle, I'll... Uh... kind of slowing down on me. Uh, Patriots minus five and a half, 40.5 the total. Interesting spot. Is, is it Zappy? Is it Jones? Who is playing for the Patriots? Oh, that's nice. I oh, clicked the game and the... Uh... Yeah, so, yeah, because he beat the Jets last week. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Pats. Pats. Uh, give me the Pats as well. Pats at home. Okay. Let's go. Uh, next game. Oh Jesus, Rob. 
Yeah. Packers at Lions. Oh, I thought it was a different one. This is an interesting one, too. This one is just um, a toss-up at this point. So th- this is Green Bay minus 3.5 on the road. 49.5 is the total. I'm going to go Green Bay. What I'm going to do this week is not over, not overthink any of these because I've been so bad. I'm going to go with my first instinct for all of them. You did pretty good this week. I think you went eight and seven. I went seven and eight. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's great by my standards. <laughs> yeah, bad for my standards. I uh, am one and zero prime time this week. If they kept T.J. Hawkinson, I would have said the Detroit Lions, but they gave him away. So who's the tight end? I don't know. The, the safety you. blanket. Yeah, right. I can go out there and give you a catch. Uh, the Clippers. At the Hawks. No, it's the Los Angeles Chargers off Oops. of bye week, I believe. Yes, off of bye week, heading into mm. the number one team in the NFC South. Yes, the <laughs> those Atlanta Falcons led by Marcus Mariota and uh, coached by Arthur Smith, I believe. Who we got? At, uh, Chargers on the road, Herbert indoors. I like it. You like All right. Give me Falcons. They are playing with house money. They're at home. That place is going to be rocking in the South. And Herber of late has looked kind of shaky, including oh, zero yeah. touchdowns that destroyed betters. So he's got you and me at wide receiver. That's why. Come on now. More reason to pick the Falcons. He's got Let's no go. Keenan Allen, no Mike Williams. <laughs> yeah. Now this could be my game of the week right here. The sleeper Buffalo. In New in New Jersey to face the New York Jets division game. Who you got? Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo. <laughs> the Jets just but, the, the, everybody on the Jets team is ready to win except the quarterback. Give me Jets ten nothing to start the game. Watch out. Yeah, the, the thing with the Jets is Zach Wilson lost them the game on Sunday against the Pats. If he if he looked competent. I, I think you can argue the Jets have a chance, but they, they, they everybody. I think the rest of that team is good. He's just not. You think? Yeah. I mean, then he came up from injury, so yeah. this is an elite team. The Bills look, looking and wanting to just destroy everyone in their paths. Yeah. So expect so they a face route, the but yeah, in the Super Bowl. Yep. Expect a route though. But uh, next game, Vikings. With their newly acquired tight end, possibly if he can start. This is a TJ Hawkins. This is an interesting game. On the road to Washington, very interesting. This is an in- the return of Kirk Cousins. Game. Yeah, Mike. My, my gut says Washington, so I'm just going to stick with that. I'm going to go Washington. I like Washington. Taylor Heineke. You know how I feel about the Vikings. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with them. Aren't, aren't, they're six up. and one. I'm pretty sure, right? Second best team in football. Probably. I would think. But you know how much I hate the Vikings, especially Kirk Cousins. But against my yeah. better judgment, I will pick the Vikings and watch them burn me. Uh, next game. <laughs> Big, a lot of early window games, Rob. So I don't know if you like this or not, but there's plenty to choose from here in week nine of the NFL I season. Don't. <laughs> Carolina, your former Carolina Ooh. Panthers, on the road to overrated mm. Joe Burrow, who got smoked on Monday Night Football. That we didn't talk about, by the way, but smoked uh, in the dog pound. Uh, it probably brought a smile to your face. Oh, it's very smiling it now. right now. Let me, can, <laughs> can we play a quick game of trivia? All right, go ahead. Uh, what do um, Lamar Jackson, Jacoby Brissett, Mitch Trubisky, and Cooper Rush have in common? 
I'm not sure. They've all defeated Joe Burrow this year. <laughs> <laughs> that is craziness. <laughs> now this is this is the game that's going to effectively break my brain because I refuse to pick against the Panthers until this year. There we go. And I refuse to pick the Bengals. So, full, with that full being said, I had this plan the whole time, but it was on my side. So there you go. Still working out the Kings on Riverside. <laughs> yeah. So if you're listening on this, thank you for listening and download uh, Riverside.fm. Pretty good. Yeah. I'm still working on the um, Kings. Yeah, I, Carolina I... at Cincy. Hmm. I know how much you love Joe Burrow, so should be an easy should bit I... for you. How do I bet a tie? You can. It's at the bottom. Oh, I can't. I think you can. Will there be overtime? Oh, you can bet overtime. Uh, uh, I, mean, I g- think that's the, the closest. Bangles, uh, I guess if it's overtime, that means it's tied. So that's your win right there. Plus thirty-seven fifty. Yeah. Thirty-seven fifty for overtime. Oh, Lord. Oh, seventeen fifty. I'm sorry. Oh, seventeen. Give me the Panthers. <laughs> I just can't believe what I saw on Monday Night Football. Thirty-five nothing at one point. It's almost like he needs elite players around him in order to look competent. <laughs> yeah, Jamar Chase is out. Yep, and he looks absolutely dog shit. All right, sure next does. game, <sighs> Rob. Our Raiders not doing so well this season. A lot of expectations. Is Josh McDaniel an overrated coach? I, I don't think he's a head coach. He's huh? a coordinator. Yeah, he's, he's a, coordinator. a coordinator. He's not a coach. Yeah, he's not a head coach. He's not a leader of men. Well, no. they'll take the cross-country trip down to Jacksonville to Duval against the Jags. Not in London, by the way. In Jacksonville this time. Who you got? Get my bookie Calvin Ridley on the case. Give me the Jags in this one. Now, is he done for the season, right? Still? Yeah, he's, just, he's suspended for a full season, so he'll be back next year. Give me the Jaguars as well. What it's worth, um, I have two dogs already. Ooh. Last week, I didn't pick any. I don't think I uh, did Next anyway. one. Miami. Traveling to Chicago. This is so a weird one. check the weather in Chicago. Because it's in Jersey and Philly. It's been 70 degrees these past two days. And we're in the first week of November. Craziness. So Chicago should I be love, still warm. I love the Dolphins in this game. Love them for your lock? How no? is it four and a half? The Bears... Dang. It's four and a half? Wait a minute. The the Bears are the worst team in the NFL. They just got Chase Claypool. They're going to the moon now. So? Exactly. <laughs> that should be like ten and a half. Give me the Dolphins as well. And that was the yeah, late, hard to pick that was the last there. early window game. This week we only one have two windows. Two. Oh, Jesus two. Christ. Only two of them? West Coast and an East Coast team. And ironically, three of those four teams are all in the West. We got the ironically, NFC... all four of them suck this year. <laughs> yeah, the NFC West showdown: Seattle in the desert against Arizona. Who you got? Uh, Cardinals. Ooh, uh, one and, and a half Seahawks. point spread there. I want to go Cards. Give me the Seahawks. Give me the Seahawks. It's, it's been a week. Kyler has played plenty of the Call of Duty game. No, they, they just came out with new packages. I just turned on my Xbox. It's a bunch of new packages, uh, a lot of perks. I mean, he's done for. Just write them off. I don't know. Sit I just, them down for the season. I, I, 
This just feels like a get-right game for the cards. Uh, I don't know, man. I think Seattle is just proving that they will be the team to beat in that division. Yeah, Geno Smith's like an MVP candidate right now. Hey, man. They counted him out. He ain't, he ain't right back. Whatever that saying yeah, is. Yeah, yeah they run him off. He ain't right back. The, uh, yeah, the underwhelming. Because I'm writing him off. <laughs> the underwhelming Rams versus on the road to Tampa against another underwhelming team in the Bucks. <laughs> oh God! Who you got? <laughs> is this Neither. the one where you um, tell? Is this the part of the the episode where you tell? Look at the camera and you tell the listeners. Go walk. Go hug your families. Go hug your dad. Go walk your dog. Walk your do something walk your else. dogs. Go have a go have a catch in the park. Um, I don't like either of these teams. Even the Rams. That's mercy, right? Um, yeah, this, this is a terrible game. I, I wish the World Series were moved up to 4 o'clock. That'd be perfect. Because then I wouldn't <laughs> have to watch either of these two slop games. Or maybe the MLS uh, Cup gets rained out tomorrow. It gets moved to Sunday. Or it's a delay. And you should push back. Well, the MLS Cup starts at 3. So I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you the bus, by the way. Sunday morning. Okay. Yeah. I have a playoff game Sunday morning at nine o'clock. Yeah. I expect to be out of there by like maybe one o'clock. Like I'll mm-hmm. be home by one o'clock. So if I watch a little bit of the early window, then take a nap. Hopefully, I'll sleep right through the fours and I'll be up in time for the <laughs> uh, the, the late game and the Eagles game or the uh, the Phillies game. I'm sorry. Well, before we get into those late games, because everyone is waiting for Sunday night football. Uh, there's yeah, a, we waited all night. Yeah, there's six teams, Rob, on the bye week. Browns, Ooh, let me guess Cowboys. Uh, damn it, I was going to guess them. Uh, right, uh, no. I'm going to go Browns, Cowboys. Um, That's a lock. Uh, Tennessee? Uh, no. Really? Where? Oh, shit, they played. Uh, Durr. Um, Giants? Giants is... Yeah. So that's three. Um, Denver. Mm-hmm. Denver. Two more. Do, 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 do. I need that Jeopardy song. Pittsburgh. And one more. Scene. I got one more. One more. Yeah. Um, the Saints play Monday, right? So it's not them. You want a hint? Um, no, I'll get it. Uh, give me the. Ooh, oh my goodness! The team. I'll give you a hint. You never. Sure. You're never gonna get it. You're never gonna get it. Um, apparently, the Rams have a daddy. Oh, they the Niners. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about them. <laughs> daddy came home from the store with milk, and he beat the Rams again. <laughs> Honestly. All right. Now, the Sunday night football game. Everyone's been waiting for this one, Rob. The Chiefs host Tennessee. And I believe you gave me the greatest news of all time. Tanning Hill benched. Now, he was limited in practice. There's a chance he plays. Did they, did they win last week? I don't remember. I didn't watch any football last week. Uh, Tennessee. Let me look. Why would they not watch any games? They beat the Houston Texans. And you picked the Titans. Did the Phillies play last week? The Phillies didn't. Why did I miss all of the games on Sunday? Yeah, the Eagles won. They destroyed the Steelers. I watched football last Sunday. You were out of it, probably. Oh, I took a nap, probably. (laughs) Uh, 
the Titans. Oh, they should be a no-brainer. Should be a no-brainer. Uh, th- I'm going to go to the Chiefs on this one. Same. And now the Monday Night Football game. Baltimore in New Orleans. Who you got? New Orleans. Give me Ravens. Give me the Ravens. All right. Lock, dog, points, and total for week nine of the NFL season. And obviously, we cannot pick the Eagles because they've already played. Eagles are going to be my lock. Um, my points Again, are Eagles minus 11 Eagles and a half. Uh, not. <laughs> uh, um, Give me Goddard for 100 yards, even. Okay. Good match idea. the over. Uh, what, do you want to, what do you want to start with? Let's go with uh, lock. Lock? Uh, yeah. Dolphin. Uh, no, not Dolphin. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Dolphins. Dolphins are my lock. Dolphins. Uh, yeah. My lock right here. Give me the Bills. Okay. See in the AFC West, right? Or AFC East, excuse me. Yep. Uh, we'll do the total points next. All right. I have, I have mine already. Um, I got the under in Bills Jets. <laughs> and how much is that? Uh, 45 and a half. 45 and a half. Wow. Yeah, so since 1990, um, in division games where the spread is 9.5 or more, the under hits 67% of the time. Look at you dropping knowledge on the pod. Okay, thank you. Um, do you have the numbers for Seattle and Arizona? Yeah, you want the over in that one? It's 48.5. It? 48.5. Yeah, give me that. 48 okay. and a half over. All right. Uh, points. I, I don't. I don't dislike that either. It's inside. Points. Um, hmm. No, this is gonna be a weird one. Give me Titans plus 12 and a half. For some reason, the last like four or five years, they play the Chiefs well. Plus how many? And 12 and a half. 12 and a half. It's 12 and a half. Yeah. Give me the Titans plus 12 and a half. They play the Chiefs well. That. Is, Wow. What are the, yeah. Good money on your part right there. If I'm not mistaken, did they not beat the Chiefs last year? Uh, no, sir. No, sir. I'll find it for you. All right. While you do that, I'll look for the points. Let me see. As we continue on the NFL segment. Because I, I don't have any numbers in front of me, but I do like this one team. So I can get it. This is ripped in content here in the college pass. Points. What team? Yeah, the Titans Ooh. beat them 27-3 last year. Jesus Christ. Yeah, give me give me Tennessee. Obviously, what the? Ah, it's not working. What are you looking for? I think I found it. Chargers. Oh, yeah. Give me Chargers. Oh, you Oh, you, uh, Give me they're Falcons minus three. plus three. Okay. Give me Falcons plus three. Oh, you picked the Falcons, right? That's right. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. yes. Give my me that. dog. And then the dog. Um, refresh my memory. I picked the Jags and the Commanders as my only dogs, right? And the Rams. Yes, you picked Rams. And the Saints. Jags, uh, Commanders and Saints. Mm, I really like the Saints. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mm. Uh, ooh, no. Do you have a pick? Do you have a pick ready to go? I'm. I. I I'm still looking. 
<laughs> I'm flustered, but I'm still looking. Alright, right, give me New Orleans. I didn't have the numbers in front of me. How about Saints, Saints? Says the dogs. Wow. I think I picked so all you favorites. picked, um... Uh, no, you picked at least one. You picked the Falcons as your dog. Panthers. Uh, Panthers are a dog. And you picked... That's it. Falcon, and you picked the, you picked the, you picked uh, Jacksonville as well. They're plus one six. They're plus two and a half. I'll give me Jacksonville then. Okay. Yes. Yeah, All I right. like them a lot. So to round it up, the lock, your lock is the Dolphins. Mine is the Bills. Dog, you have Saints. I have the Jags. Points, you have Tennessee plus twelve and a half, which is just easy money. Good for you right there. It's too many and points. I, have, I guess I get it. I get that it's Willis. But they they play the Chiefs well. Yeah, they Derrick Henry. Yeah, they gave him a lot of money in the AFC title game a couple years ago too. Yep, people must have forgot. Betters must have forgot. Sure uh, did. I have Falcons plus three, and then the total points you had Buffalo and Jets going under forty eight and a half, or forty five yep. and a half. Excuse me. And uh, I had and the Seattle Arizona over forty eight and a half. That's what it was. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Troll. <laughs> Say the line. Say the line. Say the line. What? What line? Uh, Broncos, Broncos, Broncos country. Broncos country. Uh, gross. This is just for you. That's why I have it in here. Broncos country. Let's ride. Broncos country. Let's ride. Can you can you imagine? Broncos country. Let's ride. Can you imagine <laughs> yeah, that sound on the airplane? <laughs> yeah, he's riding like uh, JFK. <laughs> Oh my God! Gross. All right. Anything else you want to tackle before we wrap up today's episode? Nope. Nope. All right, guys. Uh, go Union. <laughs> go I'm going to go. Uh, man of the match tomorrow is um, uh, what's the one guy's name? I know Blake. Blake. Andrew, Andre, Andre Blake. Blake. He's going to have Blake. how many saves or goals? Uh, if he scores a goal, then he's definitely the man of the match. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go right, with to he's, gonna have, uh, he's gonna have six saves. That's a lot. That's impressive. Do you, it? Okay. Do you have yeah, it going yeah. to stoppage? I have it going to uh, penalties. Beautiful. Actually, no, no, no. I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. I like two-one Union in regulation time. I have two-one Union as well in stoppage time. They get a late oh, score. Late score late. Uh, oh, yeah. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be. Um, uh, the guy whose name sound, who's the guy whose name sounds like hashtag Gazdag. Gazdag, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Him or, him or, um, or uh, Freddie Adu. Wasn't he a union? Wow. <laughs> yeah, he was. I think he was. Okay. He definitely was a United, though. DC United. Uh, what do you think of Messi coming over to play for Miami next year? Dude, if that happens, you, you're going to see me have uh, season tickets. I'm flying really? to Miami to watch Messi. He might set the MLS goals record. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I might fly down there just to watch him in Miami and just be in Miami. But then obviously when he comes to Philly, I am fit the yard line. I'm watching this entire thing. Well, that's why he, that's why he's playing in the MLS anyway. He just wants to be in Miami. He doesn't care well, yeah, about where basically. he plays or who he plays for. It's a vacation for him. It's a vacation, but it's also like Spain. Everyone speaks Spanish down there in Miami. That's true. He has to go to Cuba. Yeah. Everyone speaks Spanish. It's, it's so a FC right Cuba. FC Cuba. No, nah, I just want to know where he lives because I don't know if he's going to have the exclusivity that he does in Europe. Because in Europe, he has like everything barricaded and no fly zone when he was in yeah. Spain. 
in Florida, they don't play that. Mm. So we'll see. But I'm excited yeah. to, if he does come. If not, he goes back to Barcelona. Okay. Eh, it's mid. Yeah. It's boy, it as our boy MJF would say. Mid. <laughs> mid. Exactly. Well, should we uh, end this on a positive note with Somebody with potentially, as you said, Phillies in seven. Do we see it? can close my eyes and see two outcomes. Okay. It ends in six. Brandon Marsh ground out to second base to end the World Series. Or it ends in seven with Alvarez fly out to Castellanos. The only the elephant in the room... There's one elephant in the room that I cannot avoid. This team feels a lot like the 93 team, which means Bregman walk-off home run in game six is not off the table. Gross. It'll be Gross. on Alvarado, too. <laughs> no, not Jose. Um, no. Actually, no, no, no. The, 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 the equivalent of wild thing on this team is Robertson. It would be off Robertson. He is just shaky up there. Yeah. Me picking up there with less with less uh, velocity behind my throat. Um, I know I'd said Astros in seven or six, whatever it was. But the song is feeling feeling me right now. I have optimism. You spoke eloquently and gave me some good solid points. I will say Nick Castellanos, for what it's worth, is going to have a big game six. And he will catch the final out in Game 7. And he's the one that brought the Phillies from the dead in Game 7 to go up to a, a squeaker by third base. Just gets past the third baseman to the wall. He brings in two. Fills up two in seven. All right, guys. This has been episode 83 of the PA Turnpod. We'll see you next week. Have a safe and happy weekend. Hopefully, we're talking about the Phillies. If the Phillies lose in the sixth, you'll not hear us. No, you will not hear from us until next week. But if they do win, they go to game seven, you definitely will hear us late Saturday, either Sunday, Monday. You'll definitely hear from the so Eastern we'll, Pod. So we'll talk to you Monday. So we'll talk to you Monday. This is Phillies the Eastern Pod. Phillies and seven. Phillies and seven. Adios. Phillies and seven. Phillies and seven. Phillies and seven. Phillies and seven.